0: Welcome to CamdenCast. I'm Tanvi. I'm Erin. And this is our 7th Heaven podcast. In this episode of CamdenCast,
1: we will be talking about Season 5, Episode 17 of 7th Heaven. The title is Crazy, or if you are in Germany, the title is The Miracle Doctor. Our IMDb user synopsis is... Matt is terrified when summoned stat for a psychological session standard for med students... After an unsatisfactory attempt to be coached by therapy-experienced Mike, Matt lands with Doc, who turns out to be a fraud and yet a godsend. Simon wants to break up with older yet immature Sasha, but lets various advice how to go easy on her complicate things for him. Eric confronts a rather blunt hospital doctor about what to tell terminal patients like Harold Mann about their life expectancy and why. So, what was your first impression of this episode?
0: Um, I just wanted to say quickly, I don't know if it is actually standard procedure. I was thinking about this. I'm gonna ask my sister. But, um, this, the whole, like, getting evaluated before med school thing. Um, I don't think they do interviews, but that's, like, school-to-school basis. I don't think they... Like, I don't
1: think that there's any psychological, psychological. evaluation. Yeah.
0: Um. Interesting. Um, my first impression was that this episode was... Yeah. Bad. (laughs) Um, I don't know. I get, I think I get like, cause so if you guys don't know what our setup is, we usually watch a couple of episodes and record a couple of episodes all in one day. So what usually happens is one of the episodes will be really good and one of them will be really bad. And I get so excited about, oh, we're going to get another good episode, but we never get two good episodes in a row. It seems with this season. So I was expecting a lot after the last episode. Meh. Yeah. Although I was happy to see Mike back. I really do like Mike's character.
1: Yeah, I think season five introduced, like, well, season four yeah. introduced Robbie, but you like Robbie. Mike's a good character, a good recurring character. I feel like there's another good recurring character that I can't remember right now.
0: Um, I actually really also enjoyed what they did with Sasha in this episode. Like, the comedic, I'm going to say, the comedic timing in this episode was kind of like. Excellent. Yeah. Annie, like, Catherine Hicks needs to do more comedy. Yeah. All right, so uh, we'll get into the cold
1: open, um, as the user synopsis indicated. It starts with Matt coming home and kind of freaking out about... He's like, oh, is that Mike Pierce's car in the driveway? I need to talk to him ASAP because he's freaking out about the psychiatric evaluation that he has to undergo to find out if he'll like be admitted to medical school, so uh, he thinks that Mike can counsel him because Mike has some experience uh, being a patient in a psychiatric ward.
0: So he kind of pulls Mike aside away from Lucy, um, blindsides him, and basically says, okay, so how do I pass? And Mike's like, you don't pass or fail. It's not a test. You kind of just have to, like, be yourself. And he's like, that's the worst advice I've ever gotten. Like, how do I do it so I, they don't question the fact that I should be... Med school. He's like, well, just so Mike, Mike's response is, we'll just say why you want to do it. And apparently that's something that Matt hasn't really thought of, like if this is what he really wants to be doing. So that's a dilemma for Matt here. And that's basically it for the cold open. We don't really have any other setup.
1: Yeah. Um, so after the cold open, we'll get into uh, the Rev storyline because it was the worst. And oh, my God. Kind of boring. And I hate this, like,
0: mentality of the show where it's the Rev versus the government. The Rev versus... Science. Science now, yeah. The Rev versus the medicine. Um, so, he, at the hospital, he's looking for Matt. Uh, kind of want to catch him before he goes into his psych eval. Because, um, like, Matt's pretty psyched, uh, pretty psyched out about it. Uh, Where he, I guess somebody calls him Reverend Camden, and somebody, one of the patients in the room hears the word reverend, so he's like, reverend, reverend, and there's this man called Harold Mann. And (laughs) he is played by... Richard, no, that's wrong, Robert Curtis Brown, um, who... You may
1: recognize from High School Musical 2, he played Ryan
0: and Sharpay's father. He's also in a bunch of other things, um... I know that he was in an episode of General Hospital, <laughs> but, like, he, he's done he, a bunch... Did
1: he play the same role where he just lays in a hospital I bed think the whole he time? Does,
0: I, th- I mean, that probably makes the most sense. He did a... He's been a, like, side character in a bunch of things. Um, mm-hmm. So Harold was just told that he only has about six, six and a half weeks to live. And the rev is like, how dare they yeah. tell you how long you have to
1: live... You'll die when you want to die, and when God was ready to embrace you.
0: So he confronts Harold's doctor, and Harold's doctor's like, uh, that's when he's, like, that's roughly about how much time he has left, so that's what I'm going to tell him. Yeah, they're like, this is a prog- Well, they say, like, this is a prognosis. We're
1: not telling him that, like, he needs to die in six weeks. We're saying that patients that have, like, progressed to whatever level of what this guy has- Like, you know, that's usually about how long they live after, you know, it's a prognosis. It's not an exact number, and it's based on the science that's available to us.
0: And for some reason, this weird-looking nurse is like, (laughs) do something.
1: She's (laughs) like, you have to talk to him.
0: (laughs) Like, as if this doctor is doing anything wrong. This is regular... Standard practice. Which, and I don't think there's anything, do you think there's anything wrong
1: with it? No, I mean I think that and they give legitimate reasons too. They tell the rev, we give people these prognoses because we want them to be able to get their affairs in order and to have everything like if they are going, you know, if he lives eight weeks and you know eight months or another year, fine. But if he dies in six weeks, we want to make sure that he has time to get you know his affairs in order and and make arrangements for
0: himself, his, yeah, his family. His
1: family. So like. It's standard practice and there's nothing wrong with it.
0: The Rev then tries to go above this doctor and goes to like the head to of God. <laughs> the head of the department. And the guy's like, uh, this is all based on fact. We're making a prediction based on fact. And the Rev's like, Why don't why don't we leave the predicting to the fortune tellers? <laughs> and I'm like, What the f-? fuck, like, they're not doing anything wrong, but apparently, so, I get what the point of the storyline was, it was, like, to show that, like, even though you're given, given what could be called a death sentence, it doesn't mean that you just stop, stop living your life, but that's not about the doctors, it's about talking to this man, Harold Mann. Yeah,
1: Harold Mann, the man, (laughs) um, also, like, the fortune-telling thing, like, there is a fair bit of speculation in medicine, too, where it's like, oh, you have th- these symptoms, it could be this, or it could be this, and it's, like, trying different treatments to figure out what what works and then determining what it was after the fact. Like, that's, that's a fair bit of what medicine is. So it's not like it's a science, but, like, there are multiple things that could be causing certain symptoms, so.
0: Yeah, but they, like, go to, like... They spend years learning about this yeah, stuff. Like, yeah, This is what like, it is.
1: They, they are professionals. Yeah.
0: And, like, so the doctor's like, you, you're you a person of authority, and you're using that authority to say words that are wrong. <laughs> and the doctor's like, no, we're using actual, like, his... We're using our authority to,
1: yeah, to, like, give this man, you know, a, an idea of of his condition. and
0: Right. Like, if we can help in whatever way we can... I mean, obviously, we're not... He, if so the rev's like, well, you saying it means that he's, he's like, gonna die in six weeks. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> right. He, the rev basically says, like, you are going to will him to die by telling him that he's gonna die in six weeks.
0: And the head of the department's like, that's not what we're doing. <laughs> it's like the
1: ring. <laughs> so,
0: so this, like, comes to a
1: conclusion. I don't even know what kind of conclusion it came to. All I know is they were all around Harold Mann's <laughs> hospital bed
0: um with uh, this character with called Doc <laughs> who um ends up also have had like had like a has a terminal illness was also given a prognosis of you have this much time to live but he survived longer than that and how that prognosis ki- has kind of led him to live life to the fullest and so he gives this advice to Harold and Harold's like you're right i have an apartment to get back to let's get some pizza <laughs> and it's <I'm> like <laughs> and ter- that's um, that is it that is it <laughs> but, yeah. So, <laughs> let's get some pizza. Anyway, uh, it's a stupid storyline. I hated that they had. I hate that they had the rev do this, like on this like sanctimonious fucking like march through the hospital of like I must make things right. I have
1: to tell doctors that they're no longer allowed to give prognoses.
0: <laughs> like he's like, you're making my hard my job harder for me, and it's like what
1: is your job like yeah all right anyway moving on to simon Simon, who had provided the most comic relief i think uh in this episode so simon's whole dilemma is that he wants to break up with sasha because he's uh, she is as we would say now basic uh he thinks she's a little immature for being you know a senior he says that all she wants all she knows about is fashion and sex and simon has other interests so um, but he doesn't want to hurt her feelings, so he goes to Lucy to ask for advice about how well, to. He
0: goes. He wants Matt, and he's like, "I need somebody who is an authority on women." Women, and Lucy's like, "I am a woman. Yeah, so I would be the best person to talk to."
1: So, um, he's like, "Okay, so I don't want to hurt Sasha's feelings," and Lucy comes up with this plan where she says, "Well, why don't you say that um, you're no longer like your parents won't let you see her anymore?" And he's like, "You want me to lie to her?" Which, again, is, you know, why won't... Simon is, like, the most honest Camden. I would say that's, like, probably his... And I think that even when he was younger, that was a trait that was written for that's him. That's actually true, He's yeah. always been super, super honest and, like, reluctant to... I don't think he's ever lied. I don't, I'm
0: trying to think of... I don't think there's any storyline in the past yeah, where he's lied to and, any. and
1: when he had to correct the thing, you know, with yeah, Sasha, yeah. when he found out that he lied and he had to correct it. So this is a pretty consistent character trait for Simon. So... Um, Annie is in the next room putting the twins down because they, they, exist, they again. exist again they exist again and she overhears this because Simon's room is connected to the twins so she comes she opens the door that connects the rooms and she shushes uh, Simon and Lucy and she says oh and Simon I don't want you seeing Sasha anymore so this way Simon doesn't have to lie um, because he is honest to a fault. I would like uh,
0: to say that before Lucy gives this specific suggestion, she actually says to tell the truth. She says, Yeah. Oh, just say like that you like appreciate the fact like you you don't think there is a foundation for the relationship to really progress in any way. And apparently Sasha won't understand what the word foundation means, so that's why he doesn't want to do it. Uh this important fact comes into the end of the storyline, that's why I want to bring it up. Um so he says this and Sasha's like, okay but then she comes back and she's talking to Annie.
1: And we learn that, I don't know exactly how it comes up, but something, Annie gets to talking about how Sasha was like open to having sex with Simon um, and Annie's like, why do you feel like you need to do that? And she's like, oh, because boys like you better when you
0: are willing to, are have, willing sex. to have
1: sex with them. And Annie is like, excuse me, why why do you think that? And she's like, you should talk to your mother about this. And she's like, my mother is who told me this. So Annie delivers the best, oh, honey, yeah. <laughs> of, like, any Seventh Heaven episodes. Mm. And she's like, oh, honey, no, I need to tell you <laughs> about, like, she's like, men actually like you more when you don't want to have sex with them. And Sasha's like, no, you haven't dated it's in a while. Don't,
0: you don't know what you're talking about. Um, actually, this is kind of a two-way Relationship here in which the in which Sasha's learning a lot from Annie, but Annie's also <laughs> learning quite a lot from Sasha. Yeah. Sasha's explaining about this one time that they kissed in a way that they were breathing <laughs> that like Simon and they her. They breathed
1: through each other's noses.
0: Um, Has it, is, can you
1: do this? I'm to continue continue on, Tammy. I'm gonna <laughs> just, I'm gonna yeah look I'm
0: it gonna, up yeah. So the way that she explained it was that you. Are kissing each other in a way where, like, but your tongues are blocking the airway to your throat, and, like, so you breathe, and that person breathes through the mouth, through into, I don't, I didn't understand it, but anyway, Annie was so fascinated by this, that as soon as the rev comes home, she's like, we need to try something later. (laughs) Yeah. And I'm like, whoa, did not know Annie had some specific, like, breath play kinks here, but okay. (laughs) Um, so apparently this conversation between, uh, Sasha and Annie gets Sasha to change her mind about certain things. But before that can happen, Simon needs to be mad at Lucy for ruining his life. Uh, so he's like, I, t- you were the one that told me to, you know, uh, tell, like, tell her that I broke up with her because of my mom, because of mom.
1: wait. First, before we get to this, we yeah. have this scene where Simon approaches Annie and there's something else going on with Ruthie. Oh, right, right, right. And um, Simon sees Sasha in the house and he runs to Annie and he's like, what are you doing? And Annie's handling the thing with Ruthie and she says, I want to know where my 10-year-old daughter is every morning between the hours of 8 and 8.30 and we'll get back to this. And Simon says, no, with Sasha. <laughs> and he's
0: <laughs> and- like, Ruthie's with Sasha? And it's, so, it's it was so well. It
1: was so hilarious. If you're gonna, if you're not watching along with us and you want to watch one part of this episode,
0: that one is good.
1: Um, I don't know how you're gonna find it though. Sorry,
0: <laughs> <laughs> can't um, give you a timestamp. So um, Simon kind of confronts Lucy, and he's like, "You told me you told me to do this, and that was wrong. Like, what an expert on women you are." And around the same time, Mike shows up, and Mike's like, "Oh." Yeah, you shouldn't listen to Lucy. I'm an expert on women. Like, you you should have asked me what to do. And And then Simon's
1: like, Lucy's not an expert on women. She's just a woman.
0: And uh, Mike's like, well, what you have to do, because I've been around mental patients for so long, is just be honest. So then Lucy's like, all right, you boys who are apparently experts on women, tell me how you would have, like, broken up with Sasha then. And then you got, like, both of them fumbling over their words, not being able to, like, be honest with each other. But while this is happening, Sasha comes in, and she's like, I need to talk to you. And then she, like, breaks up with Simon. And,
1: yeah, and she gives some weird... She's like, oh, I went out with you because your mother just taught me that you're safe, and I wanted to go out with you because I knew you wouldn't pressure me to have sex. So, um, also, you're kind of, like, I have more in common with the guys my age. So she basically said, says that Simon is immature. She's like, I can talk about things other than the mall with the guys my age.
0: <laughs> um, so... So, yeah, that's done with. We get some really good, like... I don't know, I think we get some... N- it's nice to have more to Sasha's character than this, like, kind of femme fatale kind of, like, sex object for Simon. She, like, is actually kind of really funny and <laughs> has more dimensions to her character. And in the scene, we'll just talk about what happens with Lucy and Mike really quickly. Um, they talk about... Well, Lucy's like, if you're such an expert on women, like, what happened to
1: Elena? Or she's like, what have Yeah, and... Mike is like, well, some other guys started asking her out, and I didn't like that, so I ended it. Because um, he's looking for a relationship, and she was just looking to date people. And I forget exactly how it comes up, but Lucy's like, he's, oh, Mike's like, but we already established that you and I are just friends, and Lucy's like, no, wait. What well, At some point, Lucy's like, why are you still coming around here?
0: Yeah, and she's like, especially now that Jeremy isn't here, you've been showing up way more. It seems like you want something. And he's like, what are you talking about? I want something. We're friends. That's why I'm here. And they kind of get to this point where they're, like, trying to figure out what the other person wants from the other person.
1: And then we find out, in the end, they just still agree that, okay, we're friends.
0: Yeah, it's kind of, because Luc- he's like, I'm on the rebound. You're on the rebound. We're both on the rebound. So let's... Let's
1: not let our like, rebound emotions uh, sweat, like, get you know, make us make a bad decision. We're friends.
0: And it kind of seems like it's now the reverse of what it was. Before Lucy liked Mike and Mike didn't like Lucy anymore, but now it seems like Mike might have feelings for Lucy and Lucy doesn't anymore. So that's where they're at. I thought that scene was stupid and pointless because we went...
1: We're right right back where we started. started. (laughs) Exactly.
0: Um, So that is pretty much it for Simon's storyline. Right? I don't think there was anything else that happened. So
1: moving on to Ruthie, who it's... Starts with Ruthie where we see her... Robbie is in in the hallway and he's asking Lucy where Annie is because uh, Ruthie asked Robbie to take her back to school. Like, it's after school, but she needed to go back. We don't know why. Um, and Annie is just like, yes, take her, just go, please. Because she's trying to put the twins to sleep.
0: Um. So... They end up at the school, and Robbie finds out that he needs to take her to the school because there's like an after-school meeting with, with the, the principal. principal yeah, uh, who's played by Brenda Strong. Yes, not Brenda Song. <laughs> I made that mistake before. Not <laughs> gonna make it again. Um, so it seems that for some reason Ruthie is missing. It does never makes it to homeroom on time, be, even though she gets to school at eight o'clock. She misses like eight o'clock to eight thirty, and the principal wants to know what she's doing, and Robbie's like. And Ruthie says, no, I can't tell you. And Robbie immediately is like, oh, the reason she can't tell you is probably because she's covering for someone. So Ruthie gets very angry and kind of
1: starts, like, elbowing Robbie. And the principal's like, I will leave you two alone. Um, and, you know, maybe if you tell Robbie uh, what you're doing, he will decide whether or not, like, you can tell me. So the principal leaves the room, and Ruthie tells Robbie. Um, and we don't the audience is not yet privy to what is going on. So the principal comes back in and Robbie says, I'm sorry. I like Ruthie told me and I'm sorry, but I can't tell you because then another student will be embarrassed. Uh, So then the principal is just like, okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, You, I'll just tell your teacher that you're going to be missing homeroom all the time. So uh, this hippy dippy is progressive school that Ruthie goes to
0: It'd be perfect for this day and age. Uh, way ahead of its time, basically. So, uh, Ruth, while this is happening, uh, back at home, um, Lucy and Annie are having a conversation about whatever's happening with Ruthie.
1: And Lucy is, for some reason, reading a parenting magazine.
0: And apparently in the parenting magazine it says that uh, most... They're talking about Ruthie and how Ruthie's a really special child. How there's like something different about her and stuff like that. And how she's really funny and creative and cunning. And um, Lucy's like, yeah, that's what they say about, like, most criminals were comedians as children. (laughs) So
1: Lucy, um, so Annie then is like, oh no, is Ruthie on a dark path? Is she going to become a criminal? Um, This
0: kind of comes up again in the conversation between Annie and Sasha, where she starts asking about Sasha's dad, who's apparently also a professional con man. (laughs) Like, was was he funny
1: as a child? And she's like, oh, he's funny right now, because once my mom came home and caught him with another woman, like, in the house... And he said that, oh, I forget what the excuse that was. That she
0: was a a doctor that was paying a home yeah. visit. Yeah. So, anyway. Um, and Annie had some great scenes this episode. Um, this is also why Annie was so concerned that Ruthie may have been spending her mornings with Sasha, What <laughs> that we mentioned earlier. Um, Ruthie comes home, and Annie tries to get information out of both Ruthie and Robbie, but Robbie is staying loyal to Ruthie, and Ruthie's staying loyal to her friend. Um, um,
1: which is one of the... I told you this while we were watching, but it's one of the character, definitely one of Ruthie's character traits, is like she's like fiercely loyal. um, And we'll get into like, and I think we've seen this before. Even when um, I'm thinking mostly of when those two other girls were making fun of the other girl at school, right, right, right. And she dropped the other two, the mean girls, to be friends with the other one. Like she is very loyal. So anyway, here's another example of that.
0: Um, so, for the rest of the episode, Annie's kind of in a tizzy, because she thinks Ruthie's, like, a (laughs) small-time criminal, um, and the Rev kind of, like, talks her out of it, and we learn, as an audience, well, basically... because Robbie also is reading the parenting magazine at some point. Ruthie basically says, look, I listen to you, I know it seems like I don't listen to you guys, but I do, and because you guys are such good parents, sometimes I don't need an authority figure to figure out what the right
1: thing to, to do, do is so she's basically telling the Reverend Annie that if you knew what I was doing you would approve I just don't want I just I'm like I'm protecting the confidences of the person that I'm helping
0: so Robbie comes downstairs this is the next day uh they're all eating breakfast Robbie's like let me help you clean up and he's like that's great he's like let me also help you make lunch and he's like she's like you never do that so he gather this has something to do with whatever Ruthie's hiding. And then he kind of just lets it go. He's like, okay, you can make the lunch. And we find out that he's making an extra lunch because a girl... What's the girl's... Do we have the girl's name? No. Um, one of Ruthie's classmates, apparently her mother recently lost a job, is kind of strapped for cash, and so... She can't afford lunch. Yeah. So Ruthie gets to school early every
1: morning to give this girl something to eat. Um, so... We finally see that our last scene with Ruthie is she goes and like meets this girl in like the janitor's closet at school and she gives her lunch and she's like, Oh, was it okay? Robbie made it. And then um
0: she invites yeah,
1: she invites the girl over. So we'll uh, probably
0: be seeing more of her, I'm assuming. No? Yes. Yes. Oh, okay.
1: But you're not gonna like her.
0: Oh no. Oh no. She
1: does Ruthie dirty. Oh no. I know.
0: Um Well, our last storyline is Matt's storyline. And there's not much to talk about here because it's just a lot of talking. And (laughs) there's no real plot happening in this. Yeah. So, you know, Seventh Heaven takes any chance for, you know, mistaken identity, misunderstanding, slash hijinks. So as Matt is waiting outside of the doctor's, like, the psychiatrist's office, um, another man walks in. And he presumes that this is well. This guy is dressed
1: like a like a TV doctor. He, he they kind of went out of their way to make him look like a doctor.
0: So his name is Doc, and he's played by Ryan. Zim- nope, he's played by Ron Zimmerman, who um... Ryan Zimmerman, <laughs>
1: first baseman for the Washington <laughs> <laughs> Nationals. Ryan Zimmerman was in this episode.
0: He's played by Ron Zimmerman, who is actually the producer of Seventh Heaven from 1996 <laughs> to 2002. He's direct. He's produced episodes like Last Call for Aunt Julie, Seven is Enough. There's something about George or jo- whatever. It's about George. George. Yeah, um, a bunch of them. And now he's moved on to acting. Apparently, in Seventh Heaven, um, this according to the notes that I was reading, this isn't his last episode. So maybe we'll see him again. Oh well, we will. <laughs> um. So, in the office, we I'm, I mean, I don't have any much to say about this other than Matt's just trying to figure out his life, and this guy is apparently really good at giving advice. And the advice that he gives is, you think you're all, like, fucked up, and you're all messed up, and you're confused, and you don't any, know anything. But, but we I, all feel that way. Like, everybody's like that. Um, and you want everybody to change, but you also want to change yourself. And you want to give to people, but you also don't... Want to take from, from people. people. Like, it's just it's just basically, like... Every single motivational saying on those posters with the cats, ever. (laughs) Um, And apparently that's... But because he's talking to this man who ends up being a patient, which is Doc, who, like, is the one who has a terminal illness, who helps Harold Mann, he misses his actual appointment with Dr. Brown. And... But then he goes to his appointment with Dr. Brown, and it all goes well. Yeah. That's really... I mean, there's not much else to say about Matt's storyline. It's the main one, but it's not... It's just, like, takes up a lot of... It's like they didn't know what to do in this episode, so they just have, like,
1: Matt talking about the family and, I don't know, how he's unsure of his future uh, and yeah, whether like... or not it's the right thing for him.
0: But then he realizes it is, and he's felt he's never felt more focused and more free in his life. Um, so he's made a friend. Um. Yeah, and just an update on... Breathing through someone
1: else's nose while kissing them—there no, are no search results that <laughs> that return for that when you look uh, on Google. Um, but there are a lot of people asking about how to breathe when they are kissing someone else, <laughs> oh <laughs> and everyone gosh. is like, "It's hard to breathe through your mouth when someone else's tongue is in it." So very good. Yeah, oh. so they're telling everyone basically: breathe through your nose when someone else's tongue is in your mouth. That's <laughs> you heard it here first.
0: Course, you're at Camden Cast. <laughs> Um, there's not much else going on in this episode, right? No, that's no, it. that's yeah. it. Um, yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, it kind of fell flat. There were some high points, but it was pretty flat for me.
1: So, what are you gonna... I give
0: it, um, I think for some of the highlights, I'd give it a three. Um,
1: yeah, I'm gonna give it a three as well. That's, Yeah all right so if you want to see some fun screen caps from this episode you can follow us on instagram and twitter our handles there are it's at camdencast show um on facebook we are Camdencast. and you can listen every wednesday and saturday on soundcloud.com slash camdencast or on the apple itunes podcast app i'm erin i'm
0: Tanvi. this is camdencast